1: We're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 419, a.k.a. Year 8, week 47, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with
0: MC and KS.
1: KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled uh, Clubhouse broadcast, we are here. Uh, It is a little after 3 p.m. Eastern time on a Saturday, which is when we record this. If you want to participate there. Uh, find the anarchist experience on clubhouse or at me at riches for rich r-i-c-h-e-s the number four r-i-c-h and i'll click the little button to let you know when we're actually broadcasting this live uh that being said you were chuckling over there ks what is going on with you guys
2: we heard the news that uh npr took umbrage at being called a um government-sponsored radio station yeah but they are yeah, they are. They always have been, and then they claim, "Oh, but only a small percentage." I don't know exactly what it is, but it, I think that what they claim it to be, like one percent or something, is probably not the real story. Because I'm guessing that they're not taxed like all the other radio stations when they're for their property and their studios and their proper and their um, various uh, facilities. Um. And they say also they yeah, they don't do advertising, but you know they they do, do advertising. Um, I mean, it's polite advertising, uh, but it's um, advertising nonetheless. And but but their big thing is that we're not government sponsored, but they do accept um, government funds, taxpayers' yeah. funds. And so they say you you should feel um, guilty about listening to NPR without paying for it. You should contribute. But everybody's required to pay for it, whether they listen to it or not. And then they say, um, <clears throat> this categorization in Twitter is along with other such uh, government-sponsored um, uh, propaganda machines, like in North Korea or China or something like that. Yep. But, you know, um, Twitter doesn't say what the outcome is, they just say your government sponsored, and it's true, and yet they take such outrage. So I guess uh, Musk's uh, reply on Twitter was, "Well, then, if it's such a small amount and and insignificant and doesn't control you, then drop it."
0: Yeah, you easy because go- the government it. the government should give us money, and then we could be government sponsored too. <laughs> Would you take it though? <laughs> Um, at this point, I don't see why not.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. NPR, uh, NPR PBS. Um, then I had a headline, uh, ready to go for the headlines that the BBC was also complaining about their Twitter label. And several months ago, I don't even remember when it was, uh, I was on free talk live and you know, I, I made the suggestion that we stop referring to the mainstream media as the mainstream media. And start referring to them as you know the state-sponsored media, right like every every other every other you know nefarious country out there uh the the media is like a propaganda wing of the government, right And I think there's enough evidence to support that the mainstream media in the United States uh, is mostly a propaganda wing of the United States federal government, and we should start referring it to what it is, you know and and be more precise with our language if you're into that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so when I saw this, it's like, yes, finally, you know, finally, you know, it, someone like Elon Musk has taken notice.
2: Well, it's always been that way. I mean, since the very beginning of radio and then later television, it's always been assumed, well, we're using the public airwaves, so we have a right to license you. And this was challenged, actually, under when uh, – uh, when Herbert Hoover was the uh, Secretary of Commerce, he was trying to issue uh, issue licenses um, to give permission to uh, to radio stations, and that was challenged in the courts. and The courts finally uh, agreed that no, it's just like um, newspapers and free speech, and um, they may issue a, a license, but not deny a license. And the whole purpose of the license was just simply to designate what spot on the electronic electromagnetic spectrum. You were being broadcast, um, but uh, there was no limit. There was the whole electro—well, much of the electromagnetic spectrum was available to them. Well, then they passed the Radio Act. Uh, I think the first one was 1924, and then 1927. Um, that then um, did, did give the authority to the Department of Commerce to issue licenses and deny licenses to church stations and educational stations and all kinds of amateur stations all across the country um, because they didn't meet certain criteria of the Commerce Department. And the ultimate purpose of that was to drive out uh, rivals to what later became RCA, the um, you know Radio Corporation of America, and its consolidation of major... Um, uh, major broadcast stations they had to have all uh, live programming, for example. They couldn't just do, use recordings, something that would price out of existence most of the competition. And, uh, well, at any rate, they used the Radio Control Act to essentially silence all competition and uh, censor the radio. And it was very blatant in those days. Sure. Because all brand new and very few, very few people really understood or appreciated radio for what it was becoming except uh, some major corporations that had it uh, uh, a stranglehold on what they were doing. And it t- continues on today. I mean, the, the, I think what you say, even though these are commercial stations, they still exist because they have a license that can be withdrawn at any time. So therefore, they are um, always very, very c- careful what they're saying and how critical they might be. In fact, I think in Hawaii many years ago there was a station that lost its uh, license because it was basically, um, uh, you know, critical of the government in too harsh a way. Yeah, so I hear
1: I hear your point, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I wouldn't want to extend that to every entity that's required to get government permission to do something. Right? Like there, the government is very heavy-handed with their permission slips. Right, and so there's certain things, you know, like ham radio operators. Right, you gotta you gotta be a licensed ham radio to operate. But I don't know if I would consider all ham radio operators to be propaganda arms of the government. Right, oh, business no, owners it, who started I, I, it, a corporation for liability protection. I don't know if I would consider them, you know, true, arms but consider of the government.
2: The, the chilling effect, if they know that that permission can be withdrawn. For something other than technical reasons, then they're they're on their guard, they're cautious. they're not saying things that they might otherwise say.
1: right, and that's why I get that, but it, you know when when I, when I extend that out to businesses again, right, like I don't businesses who uh, in you know businesses that collect taxes, right they're they're not doing it necessarily because they want to steal from you. Right, they're they're doing it because their goal is not activism; it's to operate a profitable business and get rich, right? And the the system that they are, uh, you know, coerced into operating in, right, obligates them to do so. Otherwise, you know, their business license will be taken away, and they will be put under, and they will face the penalties. Right,
2: um, people that pay taxes
1: for the same reason, right? Like I'm not I'm not hard on people that pay taxes and fund the war machine. Right, because you know, it's it's hard to go up against the the might of the federal government, just because they they just because they will be harsher on you otherwise.
2: Yeah, well, that's been the purpose, uh, yeah, of the Internal Revenue Service. I think all along, it's the tax code is so complicated that anyone can be caught at any time on um, misreporting. And uh, I mean, Nixon demonstrated with his enemies list that they'd go after anybody who didn't uh, who was opposed to him in the election campaign, and they got called out. But then later, uh, Clinton and Obama were both challenged on the use of the IRS to um, to go after opponents or to give it uh, give them a harder time at getting approval uh, for um, on various things, and just the threat of a of an IRS audit is a it's a very terrifying threat to businesses right. and families.
1: So when it comes to when it comes to radio stations, I get that they have morphed into, or even you know, newspapers. They have morphed into uh, propaganda arms of the state. But at one point, right, they were supposed to be uh, the the watchmen, if you will, for government action. Right, they were they 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 whether it was granted, given, or or taken. They were there to, you know, keep an eye off on what the government is doing and report to the people, uh, you know, the goings on, in the hopes that that would keep the government in check, right? That's that was part of their purpose. Why the you know they, the free press could not be infringed upon, right? You know,
2: yeah, I'd they, say that that's for, what they, for they were the there press. for. What's that? Uh, yes, for the press, for the written printed press. I think for radio. Um, it was uh, right from the very start. Uh, every country, only only in the United States, were commercial stations um, initially allowed. Actually, as you gave the example earlier of BBC, you know, BBC was the example for all of European countries. It was a government-run state radio station, and there were no private stations allowed because they thought it was too important uh, a uh, media uh, venue to be... You know, to even allow private stations to exist. They later did exist uh, because, you know, the pirate stations were um, broadcasting from outside their boundaries and they were very popular. And finally they they changed their attitude. But they still have the heavy... I mean, nobody nobody in England uh, challenges the funding of BBC. And and most countries realize it's a voice, a a tool and a voice of the government that has to be... Uh, controlled and operated by the government only in this country do they have i i think uh with p b s and nPR they sort of try to give this illusion of independence, but you can see very clearly by the people that they staff it with as their broadcasters that um, they have very very heavy heavy bias in favor of um, uh, pro government action right and and it's it's clear for true. us to see,
1: but there are there are people in the world, and I know them, and you know they're they're mm-hmm. known acquaintances on social media and in real life, who who think sites like uh, PBS and NPR are neutral.
2: Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. I just go there yeah. for
1: the facts.
2: Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They and they they reinforce that notion all the time. Sure. Right. And and so.
1: You know, again, well, BBC
2: sp- BBC claims to be independent too oh yeah um, yeah
1: of course of course that's a claim right yeah that's how you promote the propaganda right
2: mm-hmm.
1: no 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 we're neutral we're we're on nobody's side we just this is the only source you can get right um, but as the you know as the internet has taken off and independent media sites have become more prominent I guess is for lack of mm-hmm. a better term, right you you can see the bias across networks right how many videos are there on youtube where you know the the newscasters from across the state across the country across the world right are reading the press release verbatim right like every everyone gets the handout from the government and then they you know they all say the same thing verbatim and then they compile this and they show you like you know how many news stations are saying the exact same words to, to their, you know, to their local market. And so I'm like, well, that's, if that's the case, right. And it clearly is right. Then that is, you know, that, that meets the definition and criteria for state sponsored media. Uh, But also if we're talking about, you know, free press and, you know, the the first amendment and all that other fun stuff. And you know, the the government is not allowed. Right. uh, I, I think with the, the rise of independent media. Um, we are in an age where you don't have to uh, be beholden to the government's, you know, fear campaign, right? Okay, they they take away your radio license. Well, the internet's still a thing, right? If you've done well to build up your audience outside of you know outside of it, right? You can still you can be the broadcaster of the truth, um, and you may not be you know a multi billion dollar corporation anymore. Uh, but you can make a living, right? You can make a living telling the truth because there are other independent news outlets out there telling the truth. And it's always, you know, it's it's important to, you know, to view those and, and see where they align with the mainstream media, right? Check, you know, check multiple sources. You know, uh, on this show was last week or the week before uh, with MC, I was like, I don't know who's winning the conflict in Ukraine. Right? Because I see the US state sponsored media and they're like Russia's on the retreat. You know, and then I, I read Russia today and you know all the you know the, the the Russian news outlets and they're like we're smashing them in Ukraine. You know. And so I was like I don't know. <laughs> I I get I know that it's both propaganda. Right? I know I'm getting false reports from both sides. Uh, but I have not found an independent source to verify any of the information uh, as of
0: yet, and so you know what? Well, what the, do you do? The Pentagon, the Pentagon leak that just happens <laughs> is that we're not doing so good as as we say we are, and uh, also we have 15 U.S. troops on the ground. So, 15, like
1: one five, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. But still, it's like does does that technically mean we're at war with Russia? Russia? I'd say uh, yes, but you would say yes. Yeah, I mean okay. it's it's lim- uh, still a limited war, but sure, yeah, still yeah. still at war, definitely. I mean, where would Ukraine be right now if not for uh, billions of dollars of weapons flooding there? Yeah, well, that's that's what I
1: anyone suggesting that Ukraine is like holding their own against the might of the Russian army, right? That's the first thing I'm quick to point out is that well, no, not really. They have a lot of help, right? They they're receiving ample support from others. And you know part of that question becomes well, is it legitimate support right? should those should those other countries, including the US, be helping the, be helping Ukraine right in their in their defense against Russian invasion or however you want to phrase that right? Now again, we'll talk about my boss. He would say yes, right because he has a deeply rooted fear about a Russian land invasion of the United States and we can't let
0: them continue to push west you know fear is a strong motivator but but why isn't there a very strong fear of a a missile crossing the border rather than troops
1: uh probably i don't know (laughs) air defenses (laughs) yeah that's the you got a much
0: much longer time to
1: defend against a missile right shorter time you shorter time
2: to defense against a missile yeah a missile is
0: very quick
1: okay but a land, but a land invasion it right, would take might, a very long time <laughs> well to 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 get here from there yes right but to get here from you know if if they've marched all the way across Europe right it's it's not that long of a time to get from there to here if you weren't expecting them right
2: well i i think the big difference is that NATO uh, would be much, much more difficult for Russia. I think it would be a non-starter for for Russia to think uh, they could march across one country beyond Ukraine. Ukraine is not part of NATO, so NATO okay, you know, funds it. but uh, marching across the border into Poland would be a very, very different thing. Okay,
1: Does that not bolster the argument that those countries must stick together? And that you know, even if even if they're not a member of NATO, right? NATO countries going like, yeah, we should probably help Ukraine, right? Isn't necessarily a bad plan, right? Why why let Ukraine fall and get, let Russia get that much closer if you are going to defend uh-huh. it at the next stop anyway?
0: Why why try to secretly take it over with the threat of Russia invading U- Ukraine? You mean? Well, that so yeah the. I don't think Russia would have invaded Ukraine if not for the extreme push from NATO to influence and take over Ukraine. So they, they were pushing to add Ukraine to, to NATO, and that's right. what
1: this is about. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. But I'm, I want, I'm trying to have a conversation about the deeper philosophy of coming to your neighbor's aid when they're being advanced upon by an aggressive force
0: right I'm saying it should have been thought of if, if you cared if you actually cared about Ukraine then you wouldn't use them as a as a tool against Russia and that's all they are okay so nobody outside of Ukraine cares about Ukraine got it
2: I think probably Russia wouldn't even care about Ukraine if it wasn't for um... I, th- I think they would
0: I think they're I think Russia's very closely related, to Ukraine, a lot of Russian speakers and a lot of people. Well, I think Russia is probably founded by people from Ukraine, right? So there, there's, yeah, there is a a bigger relationship between Ukraine and Russia than there is, I guess, the opposite way. I would say.
1: Again, understood, but I'm I, I want to steer the conversation in the direction of coming to the aid of of a weaker nation or city county town right for the benefit of the collective defense right if if not if you if you if you don't feel that ukraine was the right battleground right then let's let's just talk about poland right if russia were to invade poland there's a standing agreement that you know all the nato countries would come to the aid of poland which, which is also why ukraine doesn't matter Again, I'm. I want to get past that. You want to focus on Ukraine? That's fine. But I'm. I'm talking about the the bigger scope of collective well, defense. I, yeah, I know. So we. So <laughs> no, <You> keep bringing it <laughs> back to like just Ukraine and how they don't matter. And I don't care well,
0: because Poland is already in NATO. And so to say that we're coming to our the defense of our neighbor doesn't matter anymore. They're part of the same group. Okay, it's not our Poland isn't our neighbor. It's our. It's our you know, part of our, uh, collective. Got it. Ukraine is the neighbor and that's why I keep bringing it up. It's the neighbor that doesn't matter because, uh, we, we screwed that one up already. <laughs> okay. But we're not, we're not the same country as Poland,
1: right? Well, militarily we are. Okay. So you have, you have again, multiple countries, right? With a collective agreement to come to each other's aid militarily. Yes. Okay. And all I'm saying is that seems like a strategically good plan if you're worried about a larger military force invading any of those countries.
0: And, and that might be the case. It might be the perfect right thing
1: to do. Okay. So if you, can, if you can get on that bandwagon, then you can see why some people would suggest, right, that fighting them there is better than waiting until they march across Europe, right,
0: No? lost you. I, I, well, I just think that's ridiculous. Like, you you can make a case, like, let's say before this happened, that Russia has an interest in Ukraine. Okay. They don't have a, an interest in Poland.
1: Well, they're already talking about Poland. Poland is already part of the conversation. Whether it's who, false or who, not. Who
0: in Russia is talking about Poland?
1: I don't know about who in Russia, but it's, you know, uh, if you want to talk for a minute, I will find the articles where they're, where they were mentioning, you know, the potential attack on Poland and how that would be a bad idea because Poland is the NATO country,
0: right? Exactly, which is
1: why it won't happen. But they're so, talking about it.
0: No, people the warmongers are talking about it because they want to drum up the fear in the in the hysteria about Russia and saying we we have to stop them, we have to push them back out of Ukraine because Poland is next, which is complete made-up fantasy bullshit.
1: Okay. But the but the reason it's made up fantasy bullshit is because there is a standing agreement for collective defense. I don't follow, sorry. You don't think you don't think Russia's going to attack Poland because Poland is in NATO, which is a military agreement to protect each other's nations and give arms and aid and money or what have you, right? Russia could march over Poland and smash them just as quickly as they did Ukraine if Poland was not a member of NATO. Like Poland's maybe, military maybe. would not stand up to the might of
0: Russia on its own. Maybe that's that's assuming that that Russia would want to in the first place.
1: No, I'm just I'm just saying like if Russia decided to they have the military might to overwhelm we, the military of Poland on a on a well, one-on-one
0: So so could the US <laughs>
1: Yeah, I got it. I don't see how that's relevant to my point of collective defense.
0: I, I don't even i I understand collective defense. I don't I don't understand why you are bringing it up. Because if you can understand collective
1: defense, you can understand why a country like Ukraine, right, would want to have military partners and aid in the in the fight against Russia, whether they were able to establish it ahead of time or not, right. They are clearly disadvantaged and need help from supporting countries around them.
0: The reason they need help is because of NATO interference in the first place. Go on. So there's lots of countries that are not being invaded and bombed by Russia that are not in NATO. Okay. So why? So why Ukraine? It's because NATO was getting involved in, in Ukraine, and Russia didn't like that. That's the whole reason they're there. I got that part. So you, you're saying
1: that no other country, only NATO, only NATO bordering countries, need to fear Russian invasion.
0: Uh, well, if they're already in NATO, they probably don't need to fear an invasion. Okay. Well, you said there's plenty of countries not in NATO, right? right that are, that are not not being not being invaded. Yeah. Right. But so and, and non no- NATO countries that we are trying to bring into NATO against Russia's will. Okay. Have to have to worry, and that's and the only one maybe Belarus is the other one. Uh, but Ukraine was number one on the list. That's why so, we were targeting Ukraine.
1: So a little bit of a catch-22 then, right? Because Poland sure. will, Poland will not be invaded because they're a member of NATO, and Belarus will not be invaded because they're not a member of NATO.
0: No, Belarus won't be because we're not trying to take over NATO with a secret coup.
1: <laughs> okay. But be- Belarus has no fear of Russian invasion, unless NATO tries to get involved.
0: Probably. Yeah. Okay. If, if we, if we start heavily investing in, in Belarus politics and, and try to sway them to get them to join NATO, then, then they're up for grabs, you know, <laughs> like, uh, okay. I don't think Russia is gonna, would appreciate that either. So, so a catch 22 then, because
1: again, Poland off the board because they're a member of NATO, Belarus, not on the board yet unless they decide to become a member of NATO, right? Like Belarus yeah. alone can't, can't withstand a Russian invasion if Russia decided to invade, but they're not going to be able to join NATO without an invasion, right? How does, how does Belarus establish a collective defense against any country that, you know, may have a conflict with it I, I mean without, without sparking off a war? with that country that and wants and to. That,
0: that's, that's the big if, you know, we, we don't know if we can get Ukraine to join NATO officially and not have nuclear war. We don't know. So we're just winging it, seeing what happens. Okay. And again, and I, and I don't have any, I don't have any care if Ukraine is in NATO or not. I think they should have a, a, a ceasefire and a, and a negotiation and, a sliver of Ukraine that is mostly Russian populated anyway gets to go to Russia and uh and and, and then they make an agreement to not join NATO and not have weapons from the west uh, in Ukraine and go back to things how, how things you know should be um for maximum peace and prosperity
1: okay well part part of that maximum peace is if you're not a military might you join with your neighbors that's why no one's talking about where you know except for the warmongers right no one's talking about an invasion of Poland because they already have an established relationship for collective defense and if you're saying ukraine would have been fine if they had not desired collective defense against russia, and russia it wasn't would have just left desired
0: below. it there was billions of dollars spent manipulating their their politics okay so it wasn't like ukraine all of a sudden decided oh we want to be part of nato it was it was the the fearmonger, warmonger uh, elitist, Western ideologues saying that Russia is forever the bad guy, and we're going to keep marching towards that direction until we have everything and we have Russia completely surrounded and we block them from the waterways, and then we take over the airways, and then all of a sudden, um, they you know Russia is completely defenseless except for their nukes, of course, and then and if we could shoot those out of the sky, then we can take over Russia and i just don't see why like why why go through all that i don't know well and if you're russia if you're if you're russia with that
1: perspective right then you you have to mount a defense against that as well
0: which they are that's what that's why they're fighting in ukraine and not russia
1: i got it but you see, i i i'm again dumbfounded that you cannot see the catch 22 that that
0: no that, I, bl- I i understand you it's a catch 22 okay. but it can it, it could be ended by the US and 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 uh Great Britain and that's about it. Those are the ones calling the shots right now. Okay. So they want to keep this going for whatever reason. Doesn't matter to me. Um
1: and I think it's wrong. Because they're funneling money through the Ukraine to launder it back to whomever. Right. Mm-hmm. That that pre I mean, that pre exists the war right but that also that also seems like motivation to keep it going right they can't lose that ground to russia because that's their money laundering operation all funds yeah, I mean, all funds run through ukraine
0: yeah that's the conspiracy behind it but i mean the 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 political talking points is is kind of what i'm i'm fighting against you know, okay. the political talking points is that uh poland is at some type of risk if if ukraine goes down and to me that's ridiculous and i would agree that it's ridiculous but we're we're
1: we're we're agreeing that it's ridiculous on different grounds right i'm agreeing that it's ridiculous because they've established collected defense that's true through nato
0: i'm not disagreeing with you at all okay I'm just saying it's impossible for Ukraine to join NATO without consequence. Well, it is now, right? It has been since before uh, 2012. Okay,
1: and 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 that's that's why the question that I raised was: How is Ukraine supposed to defend itself? Right, if they're not allowed to, if they're not allowed to align with their neighbors for the purpose of defense.
0: And that's what Russia was trying to do with Ukraine also. They were trying to align with Ukraine. Okay. And then if you so he, that,
1: so, it's so been, Russia's it's like the a, spurned boyfriend then? Like well, Ukraine it's been went, a constant,
0: No, we're going to go with NATO and the Russia goes like screw
1: you, I'm punching a hole in the wall.
0: Just be just because there there wasn't tanks going over the border doesn't mean there wasn't a war for a war for Ukraine before you know, violence started. Okay. And there and there was violence to overthrow the government in 2014. So um, like I said, it's this has been going on for a long time. It's not uh, something that just it's not like they just uh, want all the side all of a sudden decided. Oh, we need Ukraine. What what Russia needs is Ukraine not to be in NATO. That's what they care about,
1: right? And rather than rather than negotiate that peacefully with Ukraine how, for however long they had the opportunity to do so, right? When it looks like they were going to lose that and Ukraine was going to join NATO. Mm-hmm. That's when they decided to invade. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like the like the spurned boyfriend, right? When the, the the Ukrainian chick picks another dude, like, "Nah, I, I'm going to go with these guys over here." He goes, "Well, in that case, I'm going to break everything."
2: I think the the rules of uh, NATO are such that a country that is in belligerent action cannot be uh joined into NATO. Right. And so uh, Russia guaranteed a a veto of them joining by the incursion in the eastern province and same thing with Georgia. Uh they Georgia was uh flirting with the idea of well, I mean trying to join European Union and NATO and um Russia put it into both of them by by in, invading the neighboring right. provinces. We we and talked about a, that when
1: population. the invasion first happened. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that also, that also seems like bad policy on NATO, right? Yeah, because it exactly. prevents <laughs> prevents anybody from joining. Like, oh, you are going to join? Boom! Start a conflict, and then uh, there goes those well, plans.
0: But you also have to realize that part of that policy is in trying to prevent uh, a world war, or at least uh, a war with Russia, because the consequences are so high. Right.
1: I got it. But again, that's, that's a catch 22, right? Cause you're it saying is. that the, the, the Russia's might, right. Is so great that we're not going to, we don't want to go up against it. So anybody who's like, might think about, you know, joining NATO, that's going to incur the wrath of Russia, forget it. You're out. We're not going to
0: help you. And I don't even think it's about help. Um, it's, it's about control. So NATO is seeking control. If we wanted to help Ukraine, they don't need to join NATO. In fact, we could say, hey, Russia, we're not going to let them in NATO. Let's negotiate that, and then we can have some peace. That would help Ukraine. Nobody cares about Ukraine. It's getting It can get totally destroyed, and everybody outside of Ukraine won't care.
2: They probably could have bolstered Ukraine through its economy and its ties to Europe and the United States simply by um, eliminating all the trade barriers, There's nothing that prevents them from saying, okay, we're just going to allow you total free trade and migration and investment. Um, you don't have to be a member of the European Union or a member of uh, North America Free Trade Agre- Agreement. We'll give you um, total free uh, opening to your markets. And so, therefore, they would be strengthened uh, by a growing economy, they would see the tentacles uh, connecting with uh, all their networking in the West, and there wouldn't be any threat to to Russia, uh, because Russia would say, "Oh, you're just getting prosperous, but you have no alliances or treaties that that require um, mutual defense or, or
0: missiles in Ukraine." That's you know, from Russia's perspective, and that's very important. They don't want NATO missiles in Ukraine. So, other than that like it's uh, that's, that's the simplest way I can put it and and the the people that we have in our our government are are very stubborn and and uh, uh, according to trump, stupid <laughs> it's a very good uh well again, because uh, they have interest in Ukraine, and they're
2: protecting
1: their interest right and now for us it's nefarious interest because it's money laundering.
2: Actually, I'm not so familiar with that. Tell me what what this.
0: Uh, well, right now it's just, money laundering. He, he's just saying that all the money being spent on Ukraine is coming back to the U.S. in the forms of wep- weapons contracts
2: and stuff oh, yeah. like that.
0: And, well, that well, that's, and that's that's going on no matter if we're in Ukraine or not. Well, it, no, and, it was and, going on while we were in Afghanistan and Iraq, and now it's happening while we're in Ukraine. So,
2: hmm.
1: well, no, it it goes beyond that because that was part of the whole Hunter Biden uh, conspiracy as well right hunter biden was on on the board of directors from some some ukrainian oil uh, conglomerate right with no experience in the industry nothing sure you know, nothing but to was, do with that whatever was,
0: that was small fries compared to to the billions that are getting spent now though yes but part, but part of that right is it's it's a joe
1: biden thing right joe biden had this side deal with ukraine right, to, to launder money or whatever through there and back to the Biden finance house, right, to hold the big guy with, you know, 10% with making connections to Chinese uh, billionaires to get U.S. to pass certain policies, right, and now, you know, Joe Biden's small family operation has expanded because he's in control of the United States at the moment. Right, so his his family his you know his family side deal money laundering operation uh, turned into a United States money laundering operation, partly to protect right his family money laundering operation.
0: Right, yeah, that, I mean that's definitely a part of it. Um, I I think uh, in in the grander scheme of it though, um, uh, NATO from its inception. Was, was designed to, in their minds, protect against uh, uh, Russia, right? Sure. And or actually, I guess at that time it was the Soviet Union, right? Yes. Before it collapsed. And so that's one of the, the loopholes that Russia is using now. So, or, or NATO. Um, but NATO wasn't supposed to expand. And that, that was part of the agreement was that NATO wasn't, you know, NATO was going to be allowed to exist as long as they don't expand, but that was a lie. That's why we're in this position we're in right now is because of a lie. Okay.
1: So smaller, so I go go back to the collective defense thing. Smaller countries, right, who uh, who cannot stand up to the might of the Russian military on their own, right, are... Left out in the cold because if they jo- if they attempt to join NATO, they'll be attacked by Russia. If they don't join NATO, they're they're at the mercy of Russia, right? And if they try to form their own collective, who knows what'll happen?
0: Yeah, well, we know what'll happen now.
1: Well, no, if they try to if they try to form their own collective, not join NATO, right? Russia's beef is with NATO, right? But if, but if one of those small—I don't, I'm not good with geography—but if, if one of those smaller countries, you know, wanted some sort of agreement with Great Britain or the United States, that says, hey, you know, tit for tat, I give you this if you give me military protection, right? Like Guam or Puerto Rico, right? Like a military protectorate, right? I don't know what the benefit of that is, um, but you know, there there must be some benefit, right? If if any of those countries decide to join up in that form or fashion close to Russia. Right? Russia will invade. And so they are...
2: They Actually, are, we're seeing these sorts of things are the kinds of things that drew the world into uh, World War I uh, in that there were all these alliances with the purpose of preventing an attack, but it, it became so threatening at the same time that then it, it wound up drawing every country by its obligation into world war i mean i yeah it, it seems like um we're experiencing this this very phenomena the 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 back and forth just just the right. alliance which is supposed to be the ultimate defense becomes the o- ultimate threat and an offense uh, that, which is also uh, why
1: i call it the catch-22 right because it's yeah. either it's if the if you don't have the collected defense right you are at the mercy of the bully he can right. do what he pleases when he pleases, and if you're lucky, you don't catch his eye. Right, just go about your right. business. You know, give him your lunch money. Do whatever. Right, don't, don't, don't ra- rage on the ire of the bully, um, or feel his wrath. Right? right. But if you feel his wrath, just know that none of your friends are going to help you because they're not allowed.
0: I I don't know. I think it's there's a little bit more to it because uh, NATO, the U.S. and Great Britain specifically, can be looked at as the bully. Well, in the eyes of Russia, perhaps. Well, not. I mean, not just that. Not just Russia, but they are uh, ex- expanding their uh, political power and and. And using uh, theft and coercion, corruption, you know, to uh, we weasel their way into Ukraine and yeah. and take it over. So it's 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 not like everybody's playing fair and above water. Uh, they're they they're. Uh, they're, they're uh, they're doing things in a very, very sneaky and fraudulent way. And I think that that's probably a big part of uh, Understood. Why, well, why the U S is falling down because everything the government does, <laughs> it doesn't matter what they say or put out in the news or whatever. It's either totally a lie or like 90% a lie. And is <laughs> it's, it's obvious to me that that our our government has no intention on letting any amount of truth uh, be be the mainstream narrative right so, which is
1: which is how we started this conversation right with the state sponsored media
0: yeah and that, and that's that's the bigger problem is we're ruled by liars constantly and so that and there's there's consequences to that. Go on. Yeah, it could be could be World War Three. <laughs> okay.
1: So again, what what do you do then? Right, Elon Elon Musk labels the BBC, PBS, and uh, NPR state funded media. Not a lie. Not going to get fat checked. Right. Still the truth. <laughs> yeah. How does the how does the non-sponsored, right, uh, alternative media get the facts out in such a way that World War Three is thwarted?
0: Well, I don't I don't know if any anything like that can be changed. Um, I, I I can hope that whoever gets elected after Biden, if we're allowed to have that. Is uh, someone who doesn't want to keep this war in Ukraine going. I mean, a, a negotiation is the quickest and easiest, most prosperous way forward. Well, then you better and hope Trump gets elected because he's the
1: great negotiator. All right, he'll talk to anybody. Sure, compromise on anything. Maybe. But he's in his own legal battles <laughs> that may or may not be you know to prevent him from running or getting elected or whatever nefarious thing they're doing there. Did we talk about the Trump indictment at all?
0: no, no um I think you're probably on the same page as me that it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a phony phony allegations against him. <laughs> Okay.
2: uh, How so is it phony? I mean, uh, it seems to me like it's probably real, but generally would be considered insignificant, except that he's, um, you know, a big political figure. But I mean, you know, I mean, isn't this... I wouldn't be surprised that this is something that Trump would do. I mean, it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all, but it sounds to me like what probably happens a lot.
0: They're trying to make the case that he... Rigged the elections by paying somebody to keep their mouth shut about sex with Trump, porn star Stormy
2: Daniels. Yeah, which is, I is, mean, it was a is, close is, election, and it was. But big is, news is that, that just tr- Beforehand,
0: is, is that even a thing? Like you can rig an election.
2: By, no, but that's not the charge. The charge. Well, that's is you that's you what they're trying. The lecture. The the the. Uh, you falsified the reporting to the Federal Election Commission about that these were campaign country uh, that these were. Uh, uh, campaign expenses. Oh, okay. Well,
0: yeah. See, that's just stupid to me.
1: Well, but. and, and they, <laughs> they exacerbated the charge with like 34 felonies for the same charge. So he ordered his attorney to, to pay off Stormy Daniels, right? Then, then every payment he made towards his attorney to pay back that debt, they're calling a felony in its own right.
2: Right. Because, so, yeah. So he made monthly yeah.
1: payments to pay back the attorney for paying off Stormy Daniels, and they're saying each of those monthly payments is a separate felony,
2: and that was designed to hide it from the campaign spending commission.
1: Allegedly. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm on the same page, uh, partially as UMC, uh, in so far that I don't care. And since Trump is a politician, I'm for it. Right. Like, I don't, yeah, that
0: that's, that's fine. And dandy. Yeah. Cause I, I, I honestly, I don't care, but, um,
1: I want to see and, more politicians getting arrested. Sure. Sure. Right. I, I want to see retaliatory politics, right? When the Republican gets back in office, I want charges filed against Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, right? Joe Biden, uh, posthumously, right? And then when the Democrats get back in the office, I want charges against George W. Bush, George uh, George H. W. Bush, right? Donald Trump, right? That's what I want them to go after each other. Love it, yeah. yeah. Right, <laughs> and 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 from the Democrat side. Right, they're too stupid uh, to see that. That's likely what this could lead to. Right, they they figured oh, yeah. it out with packing oh. the Supreme Court.
0: You know, I'm. I, it's it's shocking that that uh, Biden was even allowed to run in the primary because of his connections with the Ukraine and and his admission to his his crimes on on broadcast television
1: (laughs) because he's a he's a politician right a former (laughs) vice president above all this (laughs) no that's what i'm saying it's above all this this i don't want to get into it now because you know there's not enough time to really have the conversation but this is why i made the case you know and I, i will still make the case right that the the people with the most freedom are high level politicians right because he said those things he admitted to the crimes on air right and faces no repercussions yet right and then foolishly is going after another political enemy right knowing that at some point they're not going to be in power right i can't imagine i can't imagine the democrats believing that they are going to be like a one-party system for eternity
0: no we have a one-party system (laughs) the the proof is the biden got uh, elected (laughs) Okay, but the, but they're going after Trump, right? No, Trump is not uh, part of the establishment. He's still he's still on the edge. Now he's he's definitely not uh, a free market libertarian. I got it. But uh, he he definitely is on the edge of the club. He's still like in the club barely. But there's a lot of people in the club that want to kick him out. Okay, so so but Biden is fully deep in the club. <laughs> okay. So you don't, you don't think that if,
1: if you don't, you don't think that if a Republican gets elected, that's not Donald Trump, that the Democrats have to worry about any political backlash with regards to well, criminal it, behavior.
0: It, it depends who it is, but the, the way it is that the establishment is more, more powerful than whatever president is in. And that, and that should be obvious from the fact when, when Trump got in, he had nobody to hire except establishment people
1: yeah well okay i mean he chose to i don't know
0: who was applying for the jobs but he he had as part of the problem with with trump's presidency was he didn't have a big enough uh selection of people to to pick from and so he picked the you know he did his best i'm sure but it's like the 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 pool of people that that are uh well qualified and being put forward i mean you don't you don't just get to uh i guess pick anybody i guess well or or if he or if he could he didn't you know have a list ready so i think if trump wins again i think he's going to have that list ready but i don't think he even planned on winning
1: (laughs) right i i think that's that's one of the you know say what you want about him now but that's one of the uh funniest and most fun things about jimmy kimmel's show when he first started Mm-hmm. When he first got his late night show, um, is he was unabashedly nepotistic, right? He hired all of his family to do various things on the show. Cool, and just put them on payroll. So for for Trump, right? If you if you could have, you know, if if you could have uh, that, uh, oh man, I'm, I can't remember the name, the luggage thief, you know, the the uh, Sam Brinton, Right. Okay. If you can have him in charge of, you know, nuclear whatever and the other the other man woman uh in charge of their thing, right? I'm I'm sure you could find someone remotely qualified uh to to be in cabinet positions amongst Trump's general inner circle. Whether or not the establishment would allow it, right, I would I would hear an argument that they would have said no right up front. Um but the you know the, the pool of when, when you're when the current administration is making uh diversity hires right, <laughs> as opposed to qualified hires, right? I think sure. you could say that Trump could have done the same, um, but probably faced more backlash if he did it at the time. He didn't, he could have drained the swamp, right? He oh, could yeah, have put he, anybody he, he wanted in those positions if they were remotely qualified or even not remotely qualified, just a yes man for Trump right, right. people would have been upset but nothing would so, have
0: happened so there there's definitely a uh, a knowledge gap on on what the qualifications should have been and uh, I think that the people around him know that and if he wins again things will change but uh, who knows maybe he'll hire the exact same people over again I don't know and th- and if he does that should be a
1: definite sign that he is part of the establishment. But if he if he wins again, you know, does he if he doesn't retaliate, right? Why not? That would be and, disappointing.
0: Well, the the retaliation, if it exists, which so the the, the first time Trump was in office, um, he 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 came out publicly and said, "I'm not trying to shut down all these institutions. Like, don't don't kill me." He went to the CIA basically and told him. You know, I'm not here to attack you. Just let me be president. Okay. And, uh, you know, they went after him anyway, but just more more with uh, uh, publications and, and uh, lies and stuff. Uh, but they didn't kill him. Right. Right. So um, if he ran again, he should get rid of all these organizations because, you know, they're out to get him, whether, you know, by lies and slander or... Or actually try to kill him. So, um, yeah, th- these organizations need to go. Will that happen? Probably not. But, uh, knowing what he knows now, he should realize that, you know, the government's way too big and uh, out of control and, and basically against the, the American people. So, well, well, we'll see what he chooses to do then. Yeah. Which, which I'm not holding my breath. I, like, it's, I'm I'm under the impression that the U.S. is 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 on its way down. I don't yes. I don't see fingers the U.S. Crossed. dollar doing good in the future. Um, well, it's not it's not going to be good for people in the U.S. So I don't uh, know why your fingers are crossed, but
1: <laughs> uh, because I'm I'm generally a burn it down guy. Okay, right. I don't I don't care how it collapses, just so long as it does, um, and I am. I generally believe that I have the, the will the grit and the constitution to survive a collapse
2: it does raise an interesting question though. I mean you know I um, I see the rot in the system um, but the collapse is not an assurance that it's that you're going to wind up with something better um, so how do you how do you move it along towards uh, a better arrangement afterwards I mean you can survive like you say you can personally survive uh, um, all kinds of calamity um, but a lot of people won't and uh, right and i and and it comes unexpected for a lot of people and right very disruptive and all that but anyway so how could you i mean wouldn't it be good to Develop the collapse in such a way that a better something better emerges as an alternative. I am callous and I don't care.
1: Right? Like I, I moved to, to New Hampshire. Uh, I am, you know, generally within the community of people with whom I think will be beneficial through the collapse. Right? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot going on in the local economy that we can rely on each other. Um and I would I don't want I'm not going to waste time. I would rather not see time wasted um coddling those who are ill prepared uh or would support the regime you know in the time of collapse. Right? Like those people to me are as good as or better off dead. I'm fine with that. Right. If if the collapse wipes out ninety five percent of the population of the United States because they just couldn't hack it, and the remaining five percent were predominantly anarchists and libertarians, right? I'm good with that. I don't care. We'll survive. Um, and as far as making it yeah, better, well,
2: I, I I think you're naive to think that you can survive. That's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, if if ninety five percent of the population went down, um, I would guess that there's a lot of things that that you're not anticipating that would happen that are surprises and unexpected and um, and it's not going to be better for you. Okay, and anyway, it, oh, yeah. it reminds me of the old Bolshevik versus Menshevik uh, deliberation. They wanted to bring it down, okay, but how? The Bolshevik said, "Well, it has to be inevitable violent revolution," okay, and the Menshevik said, "Well, no, I think it could come about by, by gradual democratic reforms." Um, and uh, you know, we saw what horrors occurred when you got the the, the inevitable violent revolution. Uh, millions upon millions. Of people who probably prepared as as best that they th- thought possible <laughs> under those circumstances in those days, thought they uh, they could weather the conditions. But who could have anticipated the horrors of the of the communist revolution in all those countries and the consequence of war when um, when so many innocents and well solid good citizens were slaughtered and, and uh, became the victims of the, the Holocaust and the, and the, the pogroms and the, the, the horrible things that are totally unexpected from warfare.
1: Yeah, I know. Peaceful slavery is hard to pull away from. It's so coddling and warm and fuzzy, like a nice little blanket. Master USA will protect me, and I'd well, rather not.
2: Right. I'll,
1: I will yeah, take it, my chances.
2: Still, I, I think it's also, you know, you're living the fear when, in fact, life for more people on the planet is much better than it has ever been before. Um, and to live the life of fear as being the, the driving force is still... Um, I'm not the unfortunate- one living the life of fear. Well, <laughs> it's sad it, it It sounds like it when you're saying that you're 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 hoping for the the collapse of the system and ninety five percent of the population can go and you'll be fine. Uh, it sounds like pretty much fear to me.
1: How is that fear?
2: <laughs> because what you currently have is so bad that you're willing to to tolerate all of that. Uh, I'd say that it, that's a that's a terribly fearful. Um, and lifestyle, and with that
1: no i'm not a, to, i'm not afraid uh, let me just we well, before you go a, before you go on and go take, i am not afraid right but i recognize that the lifestyle we currently have right is overshadowed by the freedom that the state takes from us and i would rather go out right and live the life of freedom right than peaceful slavery Right. i I moved to a state where the motto is live free or die and what they don't fit on the license plate is death is not the worst of evils. Right?
0: So if 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 you like it, to be caught by the state at least we'll make it interesting.
1: Oh, you can make it interesting. <laughs> you can, you
0: can vote all you want, right? I'm just No, I know. That's wake, that's what politics wake me up does. when the fighting it, it, starts. It doesn't make peace, but it does make things interesting. Politics? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's
0: fine. I don't, I don't want, to. <laughs>
1: I, I will take interesting, right? But I'd rather have freedom.
0: Yep. I agree. Let's, uh, but we gotta, we gotta go. Sorry.
1: All right. Peace out. You guys know where oh. to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on telegram t.me slash or t or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to y'all next week. Peace.